Hey everyone, this is Heather from the H&H Hour. We wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up before you launch into this week's podcast. This topic is sensitive and may not be appropriate for little ears. So if you're listening and your kids are around, you may want to hit pause and then go back to it later when you can listen without them around. It's something we believe God is going to use in a mighty way to reach a lot of people. And we think it's a really important issue to talk about, but it's just something that your kids might not be quite ready to hear yet. Thanks for listening. Hi friends, welcome back to the H&H Hour. We're so glad to have you with us today. My name is Heather. And I am Heidi. And we're sisters. And we love doing this podcast together. It is a little break from our normal mom lives and our homeschooling and all of the other ordinary things that we do. Heidi, you have a lot of ordinary things. What's something you did today that was ordinary? Um, I changed three poopy diapers in 20 minutes. Oh, that is special. Yeah, it was special. But I felt like, Lord, this is you reminding me Yeah, that ordinary, it can be extraordinary because my firstborn right. did not have a poopy diaper right. due to some medical complications. And so it took four surgeries for us to celebrate poopy diapers. We need to tell that story sometime really soon. We will. That's coming. That's on a um, different day. So but, yeah, I feel like the ordinary of a poopy diaper for yeah. me is super extraordinary. Because we praise Jesus for poopy diapers. We we have a poopy diaper dance in our yes, household. Yes, that's awesome. So Well, thank you for listening. We're so glad that you're with us. Um, we are so excited to have this special guest on, Heidi. She is such a dear friend yeah. of both of ours. So Rochelle, welcome. Thank you. We're so glad that you're here. I'm glad to be here. Thanks so, for asking me. So Rochelle, we have been friends. You and I have been friends. Well, actually... You knew Heidi before you knew me. Right. Yeah, you guys met yeah. at church at the altar, I think. Tell, tell us about that, Rochelle. Gosh, was it 13 years ago, 14 years ago? Something like that. Yeah, probably A 14 years ago. ago. Yeah. I think so. Because I'm trying to think of how long Jared and I have been married. So probably 14 years ago. And I got saved at Riverside, and you came and prayed for me. Yeah. And then through that, I met Heather. Yeah, and we were kind of instant friends. Yeah. And have stayed friends this whole time. Right. So Rochelle is my encourager friend. She's the person that texts me and calls me um, several times a week and just encourages me and loves me and cheers me on. And I can say really real things to her and she Mm -hmm. doesn't judge me or expect me to have these high standards that are unattainable like some people do. So thank you for that. And vice versa. Yeah. Well, and that's so powerful, Um, Rochelle, when... I think that we both have the freedom, Heather and I both have the freedom to be very vulnerable around you, to yeah. be raw, to be real. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in friendship, that's not super common. I think that it should become more common that yeah. Yeah. the grace you extend to us and that um, you know you, you give us freedom to speak into your life, we give yeah. you that same freedom. Um, and we don't take enough. We don't take up an offense. Right. right. Um, and so I feel like it's a really real, genuine friendship, which is so valuable. Yeah, yeah. it is. Well, I think people are scared to show their real selves because they don't want to mm-hmm. be judged. Yeah. They're afraid they're going to be judged. Yeah, that's so which true. Which is sad. Okay, well, we just got kind of deep real fast. <laughs> that's so, kind of what we do in this friendship. <laughs> I know. I know. So let's, let's just take it back a couple steps. Let's find out a little bit about you. Tell okay. us about your life, who you are. If you're married, if you have kids, what your hobbies are, fill us in. So my name is Rochelle Smith, and I am married to Jared Smith. He's a firefighter here in Peoria. Um, We've been married going on 12 years, I think. Crazy. Um, That's crazy. In June, I know. Because I remember your wedding. Yeah. It was such a pretty day. It was 98 degrees out. 
Yeah, it was blazing hot. Yeah. It was so pretty. It was very pretty. Um, and we have two kids. Brennan will be 10 March 2nd, and Joel is five and a half. They're awesome. I homeschool Brennan, and Joel goes to kindergarten, but we're, we may homeschool him next year. I don't know yet. Yeah, still waiting to see. Yeah. The jury's out on that Feeling one. it out. Yeah. So tell us about you are very, very, very talented in lots of things, but particularly in music and songwriting. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Sure, since you're forcing me to. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's what friends do. Um, no, actually, it's funny. I started songwriting probably 22 years ago. Wow. But it was just for me. I No one really knew I did it. Yeah. And then a couple years ago is when I really started to improve in it and share the songs with other people yeah. and get some encouragement. So now I have a couple recorded songs and... And I'm just kind of continuing in it. And you have at least one on iTunes, right? Right, one on iTunes. And it's called Streets of Gold? Right. Okay, so go to iTunes right now. Search Streets yeah. of Gold, Rochelle Smith, right. and download it. Buy it and download it right now because it is so good. Yeah. It is it's so really good. good. Yeah. It's, it's a single on my phone. Yeah. Thank and you. Um, my sons love it. Yeah. yeah. But I think they especially love it because they know it's you. Right. They know and somebody who's so like, they'll it. say, this is Joel's mom. This yeah. is Miss Rochelle. Yeah. That's cute. And it's really sweet. But you... You have a phenomenal voice, and yeah. it's so cool. You are part of the worship team at our church, yep. and just as your friend, you know, standing down there in the front row watching you lead worship is so awesome. I feel this, like, sense of pride over you mm-hmm. that you have stepped into the gift God gave you because mm-hmm. it's so unique to you. Right. Um, and I think I stand there, and I, you know, I'm not gifted musically, and so I stand there and I watch you living out your gift mm-hmm. and running in your lane. And I just think, I am so glad she's doing that. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that I am not trying to fill the gift that God gave you. Um, I'm glad about that too. In my life. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you think we do that so yeah. often? Yeah, right? we do. We look at what someone else is doing and we think, oh, well, she's doing that. So, so I, I need to do to. that. Yeah. Yep. And what an interesting thought because I know that I'm not called to be a worship leader. Right. Because that's not part of my gift set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well done for just running yeah. in your lane and taking the, the gifts God's given you. Thanks. I think a lot of people, too, deny, like they ignore mm. what they what they know. Yeah. Because for a long time, that's what I did mm-hmm. with worship. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just kept pushing it away. No, I, there's no way I can be up there in front of people singing. And, yeah. you know, there's no way I could lead people into worship, even though I knew God had gifted me in that. Right. So and was that a fear of man? Oh, totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how'd you begin to overcome that? Because you're on stage Literally now. forced myself forced to start doing it. Okay. And then over time, you know, you just get more comfortable. And right. with God's help, right. you know, really right. be able to lay, to lay that down. Yeah. So download her single. It's really good. I think it will encourage someone. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So, okay. So... Tell us something that we ask all of our guests. What is something about yourself or your life that you feel is ordinary? Every single thing. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Honestly, when you gave me these questions, I was thinking about it and everything. You know, I stay at home, I homeschool. Um, I don't have an exciting life at all. I mean, we, it's kind of boring. Okay. So really everything I feel is ordinary. Okay. So you you feel like you live a very ordinary life. A very ordinary, you know, basic life. Okay. You know what? I think you are not alone in that. Right. I think a lot of people feel that way. Mm -hmm. Feel like my life is just blah. Mm -hmm. My life is vanilla. 
Yeah. And mundane um, and yep. boring. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of why we want to do this is we want to highlight how beautiful and how extraordinary ordinary is. Yep. Yeah. And and the the God given gift that is inside ordinary. Mm-hmm. Um we just had a conversation with another friend of ours and you know, we talked about the word just when we say I'm just a mom or I, I just do this, mm-hmm. or I just do that, and how we need to cut that out. Like we need yeah, to say just is a bad word because God has uniquely put you in your life in this season to raise your children, mm-hmm. to be married to your husband, to live mm-hmm. your life. And yeah. um, like that's what we want to do is highlight the ordinary yes. and say there is extraordinary in that. So a follow-up question to that is what about you is extraordinary? Well, this is funny because <laughs> when I thought about this, I was thinking, man, people are going to think that I'm just saying this to say it. But no, this is truly how I feel. I don't feel like there is anything extraordinary about me. Hmm. I don't feel that way. Hmm. Um, I don't. I feel like I don't have any crazy talents. You know, yes, I can mm-hmm. write a song. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, when I look at my own life, I'm like, I don't think there's anything extraordinary. And I know mm-hmm. you guys will sit here and tell me, no, there is. But right. but that's how you feel. But that's how I feel. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think sometimes it's so important for us to acknowledge yeah. truly what we feel. Yeah. Right. Because don't you feel like we fall into the trap of saying what we expect people to hear? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How's your day? It's good. Mm-hmm. How are you? Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Right. And inside, we can be dying that day yeah. and, and feeling like the world's caving in on us. But we give these talking points based on what we think people Mm -hmm. want to hear. And I think, just like with what you said about the ordinary question, I think a lot of people feel that way. Mm -hmm. A lot of people feel like there is nothing extraordinary about them. Right. And I I believe that that's a lie Mm -hmm. that Satan has allowed us to believe. Mm -hmm. It's something that he's used to make us feel like we are less than a daughter or a son of the king. Right. You know, the most high God who created us in his image and breathed his life into us. And we are inhaling and exhaling that every single day. But I believe that's something that we in this time in history, we've bought into that lie. Because again, we talk about this all the time on this podcast. We think that to be extraordinary, you have to do something big. Right. That equals big numbers or starting something big mm-hmm. or having this flashy yep. experience or this flashy life. And I just think it's such a lie. From Satan, mm-hmm. and we've we've allowed Satan to speak that into us and believe that lie instead of believing the truth of, of how God created mm-hmm. us and mm-hmm. the life that He's allowed That's us good. to live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and Rochelle, I think um, sometimes I remind myself that my greatest calling might be raising my children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I might not ever be called to publish a book or yeah. to preach on a stage that's a mass in a massive arena. Yeah. That might not be my calling. And my greatest calling might be equipping my children to love Jesus, mm-hmm. to stand on the truth of the word of God, yep. to love people well, um, and then to launch them into what God's call is upon their life. And as I've begun to speak that over myself, I have begun to be okay with that mm-hmm. and to realize that that is a huge calling right. to raise three little ones, to love Jesus mm-hmm. and to love people yeah, and to do good. it in a manner that's worthy of being a Christ follower and representing Jesus and your boys are some of, they have some of the sweetest spirits. Mm-hmm. You're Brennan, your 10 year old. Mm-hmm. He is such a sweetheart. I mean, he has loved all three of my children so well, you he know, they're so loving yes. little ones mm-hmm. and he serves in our kids mm-hmm. room at church. And he is just such an example of 
parents that are pouring the love of Jesus into him. Yeah. Are you perfect? No, you're not. And I know this because you tell me when you're falling short. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But the cool thing about it is that you, I know you're always taking it back to the word of God. Mm-hmm. You're always taking it back to let's pray over this. You're yeah. always taking it back to let me apologize for my shortcoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. And I see that coming out in your children. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is thank so you. true. That is extraordinary that, that you is. have little young men in your home. I'll receive that. That are loving mm-hmm. people well. And yeah, I have two extraordinary. extraordinary things about you. Because if you're not going to see him, then I'm going to see him for you. Okay. Okay. So um, last night we got to interview a dear friend of ours. And um, her mother was legally blind. And so she said that her mom practiced seeing and I just, that phrase is never going to leave me. I thought, mm. oh, how good. Like, we need to practice seeing. That's good. We need to practice seeing not just with our, yes, with our physical eyes, the things about us that God has put in us and made us that are that are beautiful, that are extraordinary, but practice seeing with our spiritual eyes too. Mm. So while you practice seeing the things about yourself that are extraordinary, I'm just going to tell you what I see. <laughs> All right. Okay? All right. So this is how our friendship works. We just kind of like go yeah. guns a blazing. Lay it on the line. Okay. So <laughs> one is your curly hair. Oh, that's funny. It's extraordinary. It's it is. beautiful. Yeah. And it is, it's so beautiful. And Thanks. like, I just think that you have the best hair. And I've always thought that. And when mm-hmm. I met you, it was down to like your, oh, gosh, your end. My, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was so, it was so beautiful. It's still so beautiful. So own that girl. Like yeah. rock it. It's awesome. And then you are one of the best encouragers that I know. Yep. There is. Actually, I can't think of anyone mm-hmm. that encourages not just me, but other people mm-hmm. around them yeah. um, in the way that you do. And you're not pushy about it, and you're not, it's not flattery. There's a difference between flattery and, right. and true encouragement. You just love people in a way and encourage people in a way that comes across so real and genuine. And um, I, I honestly, I can't think of anyone who does that better than you do. So mm-hmm. that is a gift, and that's extraordinary. Thank you. And you know, I forget about that because that's something I do feel like is a gift from yeah. God is the the encouragement. Sometimes we I just need people. friends to remind us yeah. Yeah. that Help. there's extraordinary within us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in days when we're just feeling like blah, mm-hmm. yeah. every wrinkle showing and right. yeah. every pore is like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> well, honey, we are not 20 anymore. Oh, but you know I what? Do I know that. I'm loving my 30s, and yeah. you know, I think that it's great. I feel like I've gained more confidence in the last decade than mm-hmm. I could have ever mustered up in That's my right. 20s. We're so gonna, we're going to own the 30s and 40s, right? Absolutely. Well, I'm in my 40s. I know, but you wouldn't know it. Well, thank you. You're young at heart. Yeah, I am young in beauty. Okay, so this is fun, but I know that there are some listeners that need to hear your story. Yeah. And um, can you share with us the turn your life kind of took 20 years ago in that yeah. experience with your dad. Okay. So actually we're coming up on the anniversary of, of my dad's death, <clears throat> which is February 19th. Mm-hmm. And that will mark 23 years. Wow. Um, and he, my dad killed himself. Um, he was 44. I had just turned 20. Um, my brother was 18, not quite 19. And my sister was 22 at that time. Um, And what happened is, um, I think it's a series of events in people's lives. Mm -hmm. For instance, when my dad was three, his mom died giving birth to his youngest sister. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, that impacts someone. Not to have that, you know, unconditional love of a mom growing up. Yeah. Um, And then two years before my dad took his own life, his dad died. 
Okay. Um, and his dad was 70, and he had gotten sick. And then, after 24 years of marriage, my mom um, decided to divorce him. Okay. So that, I believe, was the just the, the thing that kind of pushed him over that edge. Okay. Yeah. Because he wasn't one to struggle with depression. Mm-hmm. I think it was very circumstantial. Wow. But then all that other stuff, you know, his, losing his dad, losing his mom when he was young, you know, just piling all that on. He just fell into a deep depression super fast. I saw it. I was still living with him at the time. Wow. And um, so I kind of saw this deterioration within just a couple months. Really? Yeah. So, I mean. Did you understand at that point that that's what was happening, that he was becoming severely depressed? I did. And here's the thing. It's, this is sad, but within just a few weeks of um, my mom divorcing him, you know, when the divorce was final, he was very verbal about killing himself. Wow. To me and to some of his friends. So he would tell me, I'm going to kill myself. Hmm. Wow. Um, How did you respond to that? Well, that's a lot of pressure to say to a child, your to a 20, yeah, to a 20 year old. Um, uh, many times I would respond lovingly, like, you know, you can't do that, dad, you've got a lot to live for. But one in particular instance, um, he actually, you know, told me I'm going to kill myself. I'm sleeping with a gun under my pillow. Mm-hmm. And I reacted angrily at that point sure. because I slept in the next room. Sure. Yeah. And so I'm not going to say my exact words because yeah. I can't. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I yelled and I cussed at him and I said, yeah. really? I said, you want me to wake up in the middle of the night to a gunshot and come and find your brains all over the wall? Yeah. Wow. You know? And the funny thing is that didn't change his mind about committing suicide. Mm-hmm. But I believe it changed the way in which he did it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because he ended up not shooting himself. He ended up hanging himself. Wow. And I think that that just says a lot of someone's mental state. You know, seeing your child angry and like, don't do this, mm-hmm. that didn't change him, you know, desiring to die. Yeah. But it did change, you know, the way that he did it. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, Rochelle, that's traumatic. Mm-hmm. I-, I feel like there are not, I feel like there are not many instances that would change a person quite like that would. Mm-hmm. How did that affect you then going forward? Oh man, honestly, well, here's the thing too. I was not saved. I did not have a personal relationship with Jesus at that time. <clears throat> so the way I handled it was very worldly. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, filled up my time with friends and parties and um, people that were wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and just what trying ha- to cope. Just trying to cope. This. Yeah. And really, I don't think that I ever truly grieved my dad, mm-hmm. like in a real way, until I got saved. Really? Mm-hmm. 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 Because it was very surfacey in the way that I dealt with it. So how long was it then from the point that your dad died until you got saved and actually felt like you began to deal with it? Let's see. That would have been probably eight years Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So for eight years, this just was this sort of thing in your life, this black spot in your right. life that just was there. Yep. Did, do you feel like it affected your, um, like the steps that you took in your life and, and the progression of your life? Or did you just, did you stay on the same track? No, it affected everything. Um, when, when that happened, it literally threw our entire family just into a whirlwind. We kind of all scattered and separated for a while. Your two and, siblings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we didn't have 
uh, a close relationship like we did have for many years okay. because we were all just kind of dealing with it on our own. Yeah. But here's the thing. We didn't, it wasn't just the suicide. It was also this divorce that right. we had to deal with all of a sudden. Right. You know, our parents that were together for 24 years, now all of a sudden out of the blue, you know, my mom is leaving yeah. and divorcing. So, yeah. and it was only a month after that wow. that he died. When you probably felt like because your mom and dad were then divorced, that your mom wasn't the best sounding board right. for your grief right, and for your thoughts about your dad right. because she had made that decision to not be with him. right? Was that difficult for you? It was. And there really is so much more to the story and that I don't feel comfortable sharing right now. Yeah. Sure. But there was you know, a lot of other reasons that we didn't um, pursue a relationship with her mm-hmm. for a little while. You know, after my dad died, there was mm-hmm. a lot of anger that we had to work through. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we couldn't. We couldn't really. Did you have friends that were a support system? Who who held you up during that time? I would say I did. At that time, I did have a good core group of friends. Um, but again, you know, they were friends who used worldly things right. to lift me up or right. to encourage me. Um, so there really wasn't a sense of anything more. Yeah. You know. Okay. So fast forward then eight years and Mm -hmm. you meet Jesus. Right. And what, what happened there? What did that look like? Dealing with kind of that past that, you that heaviness that you still were carrying, obviously. Um, well, the first thing that happened within just a short period of time of getting saved is the Lord really showing me. Um, anger and bitterness that I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't just towards my mom. It was also towards someone else okay. mm-hmm. um, that I had to really get to the root of. And the Lord did that. I mean, I was able to experience forgiveness in a really deep, amazing way. And then, you know, continue to have a relationship that is really good. Now with, you know, my mom, not only my mom, but this other person. Right. Um, And it really is amazing what God can do if you let him. That's so good. Yeah. But you had to actually walk through that grief and walk through that. Right. That process of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Well, you you have to admit to yourself. You have to listen to the Holy Spirit and be like, yeah, and and agree. You know, yes, that's, that's true. Lord, that's how I feel. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like you dealt with any um, guilt knowing that your dad was telling you? I'm going to take my life. And then he actually ended up taking his life. Did you have to deal with any thoughts of, could I have done anything to change that? Yeah. And I think, honestly, especially with suicide, I think that's completely normal. I think most everyone would. But I dealt with that for many, many years, even several years after Mm -hmm. um, I had a relationship with Jesus. I was still dealing with guilt um, and you know, over the years, God's really helped me with that. And I've been delivered of that. Thank you, Lord. Um, and what would happen is I would just replace certain situations over and over again in my mind, just specific things, um, of maybe a time. There was one time in particular that would just play over and over again. And it was when I was having a friend over for dinner, specifically making a dinner for he and I, Mm -hmm. and he was just a friend, but I was looking forward to it. And my dad had asked if he could eat with us. And I said, no, that, you know, I just wanted it to be me and my friend. And it's not that he was upset about it, Mm -hmm. but I would just dwell on that and think, oh my goodness, here I was shutting him out too. And what if he didn't feel loved by me, you know? 
Wow. Yeah, that would be really hard, right. replaying those things. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that you just said that God delivered you mm-hmm. from it because I think we try to we try to fix things in our own way, in worldly ways, and we try to, you know, read these books and, you know, do this step, these steps, and right. really God is the one who deliver us, delivers yes. us from, mm-hmm. from guilt, from things that are of Satan, of the mm-hmm. devil that he tries to put on us, and right. sometimes that we carry. And so, it, I mean, it really is just about the Lord delivering us from those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's fast forward to just um, a short time ago. Tell us a little bit about what happened um, just a couple months ago. Talk, talk yeah. to us about what led up to that point and tell us that story. Okay. So on December 9th, um, it, my brother, Rich, killed himself. And um, he ended up doing it in the, the very same way that my dad did. So... Needless to say, it was jarring and shocking, and it still is. I'm yeah. still kind of shaking my head, even yeah, cause this today. Yeah, because very new. Just right. A couple months ago. Right. And, you know, we all knew that he had struggled for many years um, with alcohol mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. and some addictions to painkillers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that, you know, that can mess with a person's hormones and, sure. you know, chemicals in their bodies, sure. everything. Can I pause um, you for just a moment? So when your dad died, how did that affect Rich? I, I can imagine. He, how old would he have been? He was only 18. T- teenager. Mm-hmm. So that had to have just derailed him mm-hmm. in a sense of, you know, a, a boy losing his dad. Right. Yes. So talk to me for a minute about kind of what happened there okay. with him. Well, like I said, we kind of all just scattered for a little while. Yeah. Um, and Rich, actually, I did notice with him, he actually distanced himself, not only geographically, okay. but, um, you know, emotionally okay. um, and all of that and relationally from us for many, many years. Okay. Yeah. Not completely. We would still touch base on yeah. the phone and things like that. But yeah. there was definitely something different in the way that he was handling it. Okay. He was very distant. Um, and then it's been seven years uh, that they ended up, he, he ended up moving back from California. That's where he had been for okay. many years. Yep, with his family, mm-hmm. wife and daughters. And um, it was nice because we started, you know, to have a relationship, spending holidays yep. together, mm-hmm. getting together for cookouts or whatever. Right. Seeing an, an improvement in that. Yeah. But even though there was an improvement in spending time together, I noticed um, a real, um, like, deterioration is the only mm-hmm. word I can think of. Okay. Um, in his mental health, I could okay. see it, yeah. um, especially over those last couple months before he died. Um, and it's funny cause my sister and I will talk about that, how we really noticed that really a couple months before yeah. he died, just the significant difference in the way that he was acting. Well, and Rich was, um, I, I just knew him a little bit. Right. I remember him coming to Brennan's baseball games. He loved, he was a baseball yep. player, college baseball yep. player. Um, and I remember him coming to Brennan's baseball games and just be, like cheered him on and wanting to show him how to bat the, right. the proper way. And I remember him being so friendly mm-hmm. and um, it, just he, he was easy to talk to. Mm-hmm. And I know from stories that you've shared, he had this real desire to help people. He, did. he wanted mm-hmm. to see people better themselves. Yep. He was very into health and wellness and nutrition and exercise. Yeah. And so he always had this desire and you can see it all over his, his social media, his Facebook and right. his website. Like 
make yourself better, better yourself, you know, but the thing that, um, that, that, you know, and that I, I know is that he didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. He didn't have that hope. Right. And Mm -hmm. so he was just caught up in this dealing with this grief and this pain from Mm -hmm. so many years ago and Mm -hmm. trying to fill it with worldly things that, that were coping mechanisms for him, but that, you know, and I know don't don't heal, don't mm-hmm. fill. So, so talk to me a little bit about um, just finding out. And if you can, just sh- if you're willing, share the story about your response when okay. your dad, okay. when you found out about your dad, right. and yes. your, the difference in the response when you found out about Rich. Okay. I do want to say this real quick, yep. though, that yep. it's very interesting because Rich, for many years um, of his life, he has been constantly seeking yeah um like never stop yes that's and right. most of the time our conversation would lead into spiritual things and he yes. had a ton of questions for me yes. we would debate sometimes we would openly talk back and forth yes um, he was a deep thinker he was a very deep thinker so he was very much seeking yes and um, sadly, it was in a lot of the wrong places as yeah. well, but yeah. he very much had a heart that wanted the truth. Yes. And so I have hope yes, in that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so... Um, and we've talked about this too. I believe that Jesus pursues us yeah. to our very last yeah. breath. I yeah. believe that he created every single person and he desires yes. for every single person to be in relationship with him. And so I think that even in those last moments of Rich's life, God was pursuing him. And it doesn't take a special prayer. It doesn't Mm -hmm. take certain words. It just takes your spirit calling out to God. And so when you say that, Mm -hmm. that you have hope, I have hope. I have hope that we will see Rich again in heaven because God pursues us. And I think that someone needs to hear that. Like Mm -hmm. if you, if you've lost hope for a loved one, God is pursuing them more than you could possibly pursue them yourself. Mm-hmm. Like right. he's chasing after them and he is, he is wanting to be in this relationship. And so have hope in that, that, um, there, God is so faithful yes. to give us every last chance. And I think of the, the thief on the cross next to Jesus, you know, here he was up paying the price for his sin that he had committed and being crucified next to the savior of the world, which man, if you're going to be crucified, like mm-hmm. be next to Jesus. No right. Um, and, and in his very dying breath, he was rescued. And yes. so I just, I love that picture of that hope that God brings us. Mm-hmm. And if we only had like five hours, I would be able to share everything that I feel yeah. the Lord really confirmed to me and showed me within just a few days of all this happening. Yes. He's just, he's so good. Um, and I read this quote and I, I can't recall who it's by, and I'm not going to do it verbatim because That's I can't okay. remember, but it was basically saying, um, if, if you have a loved one, you know, that you've been praying for, yeah. um, that they see the light of Jesus in you. They see the hope of glory in you. And that alone will draw them. So Mm -hmm. I just think about Rich. I think, you know, it's very interesting that our conversations would always lead to spiritual things because he could sense that in me. That's right. The truth. That's That's so good. Yeah. Light always overcomes darkness. You Mm -hmm. cannot take a light into a dark room and it not illuminate something. Mm -hmm. That's good. And give light to Mm -hmm. something. So do you feel comfortable telling? Because you've told me before and I know that um, you're going to use it in... And maybe in an upcoming message, but yeah. can you share that with our listeners? Because that to me was profound. Yeah, it's really, and the Lord really showed me that. I was like, oh, wow, that's so true. Um, so I were, was working at a shoe store um, 
in Jacksonville, Illinois, when I found out about my dad, I was on the phone with someone and, you know, I got that news. And I, I remember literally it's like in the movies, like I almost collapsed. I could barely stand straight. And so I made my way back to where my store manager was and in the storage room. And, you know, I just burst back through those doors and I just called out her name, Heather, Heather. And she came running and, you know, it was, you know, terrible for many years after that. Um, but with Rich, um, you know, I was on the phone with his wife when the police actually arrived at their home. And Mm -hmm. thankfully the police found him. She did not, or, you know, their daughters did not. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, so I was on the phone, you know, and discovered that he had died. And of course it was devastating, but the, the first words out of my mouth were Jesus. I just said, Jesus, Jesus over and over. And, um, you know, as I was thinking about that, I thought, isn't that interesting? You know, when I was, um, just in the world, when I had no relationship with him, you know, I called out to the first person that I knew was there. Yeah. I I called out to a person. Right. Mm -hmm. And this time I called out to my savior and he showed up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he does that. Mm -hmm. He does. And I, I can attest to this, um, with Rich because you called me Mm -hmm. right, almost right away. And I came over and you know, I didn't know what I was walking into your home to find you hysterical. To, right. I, I didn't know how you would, and you were just, the presence of God was there. Yeah. And there was, yes, you were devastated and you were mourning and you were grieving, but there was so much peace about you. Mm-hmm. And I remember just watching you as different family members came in that night mm-hmm. throughout the, the whole night. Um, and you were just this, this, this steady the steady, mm-hmm. peaceful person for your family. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I remember watching you and thinking, this is what she's, this is her calling right now yeah. is to be this, the steady foundation, this Jesus shining out of her for mm-hmm. her family as yep. they all came in in different states of um, their grieving process. And yeah, I agree mm-hmm. that, that God did use me. There was so much that. peace around you. Mm-hmm. It was, it was only from God. It could not have been from anything else. Right. It was definitely supernatural. Yeah, well, his word tells us that he will give us a peace that surpasses our understanding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a, a suicide of your brother is just beyond our understanding right. of yeah. knowing why and, you know, understanding mental health issues and that struggle with deep depression. Mm-hmm. And, but his peace was mm-hmm. so all consuming and how you handled it. And um, can you talk to us about what were the things that you needed to hear from people surrounding you as you walked through that? And what should people not say to others when they're in that deep sense of grieving Mm -hmm. someone? Um, really, it's, it's really hard because, you know, I think the only thing that people need to hear in a, in a situation like that is a, a genuine, sincere, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, really, that's the that's the only thing is you just want to know that people do care and that they're thinking of you. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, and it meant a lot to know if people were praying for us. Yeah. So you know those things, and for them to be sincere and heartfelt, because I think you can really tell when people are just yeah. um, fake about it. Yeah. yeah. So um, those, but the the things not to say. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, share some. Share <laughs> some too many to list. Well, the, I had more of this with my dad okay. than I did with Rich. Okay. Um, but a lot of, well, God needed him in heaven. Hmm. Um, wow. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, mm-hmm. well, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever because that, that, he took his own life. here on earth. Yeah, no, exactly. He took his own life. Right. And, um, and also the fact that, you know, well, God doesn't, that God doesn't need anything. Yeah. You know, right. he doesn't need right. help up there. Right. <laughs> um, so that, you know, God needed him or, um, even people saying, um, that it was the will, that it was the will of God. Mm. Oh, wow. Like it was just his will. Mm. Well, n- you know, with my dad, I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus at that time. I knew nothing about the will of God. Right. So at that time, I'd just be like, oh, okay. Well, now I'm so thinking... So you believed that about I your did. dad? Okay. Like I did. I would yeah. kind of believe that. I would kind yeah. of think, okay, wow. well, maybe that's true. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh my goodness, absolutely not. It is right. not the will of God yeah. for tragedy and death. That's right. Death mm-hmm. in itself was never the will of God. That's right. Right. So, um... So yeah, my whole my whole understanding and view of that has changed. Um, did God know that that was going to happen? Yes, He's sovereign. He's He's right. God. That's right. But that was never something that He would have inflicted, yeah, on my dad or us. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, because God's word tells us um, that there is a God of the world, mm-hmm. and that is that Satan. Right. And that He comes specifically into our lives to try and kill. Yes. and steal and destroy yeah. and he is very active in all of our lives yeah. yes and I do believe that some of us are more equipped than others those of us that are followers of Jesus that have the power of the Holy Spirit within us to be able to identify right. those forces yep. and resist because yeah. he that the God of the world is out to destroy anyone yes. yeah. who will cave to his pressures yeah. mm-hmm. and he's relentless yeah. and so probably with rich he was trying to play on those weakness, those areas of weakness that maybe Rich had, yeah. whether it was the root of feeling rejected and, and lost from your dad, mm-hmm. whatever those elements were, I believe that, I mean, Satan is, he is so strategic mm-hmm. in being able to play into our individual thought lives. Yes. And I feel like it's so important that we all are so vigilant in our time with Jesus so that we can identify what is truth and what is a lie. Oh, that's so good. Yes. And surrounding ourselves with people who we can be real with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who when we're going through those rough times, yeah. people that are going to recognize yeah. this is not in character right. for this person. Yeah. And that we can be vulnerable with them. Because I yeah. think that's so important that we don't have to have that facade on. So we don't mm-hmm. tiptoe around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But that we can be real. Because I think... I mean, mental illness is a very real thing Mm -hmm. and it's not something to mess around with. Right. And I think the fact that you have so much discernment, Rochelle, in recognizing that in your dad, recognizing Mm -hmm. the signs in Rich, um, I believe you probably would be able to recognize it in people going forward. Yeah. And I do know that God's word says that what the enemy meant for evil, Mm -hmm. God will use for good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I believe it was the enemy that caused Rich to make that final decision to take his life. And the same with your dad. Yeah, I have no doubt about Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. But God the Father is so faithful to use their stories despite. Mm -hmm. And I think that God is going to allow you throughout the next season of your life to speak into lives that are struggling. Whether it's on the side you're on, which is that deep grief that 
some days just feeling like you don't want to do the day. Mm-hmm. You don't want to show up for your life. Right. Or it's on the side of recognizing some of those symptoms in people mm-hmm. and helping them get the help they need mm-hmm. because there is help. Right. So what do you say to people? Um, or maybe, maybe just talk a little bit about suicide because I think it's such a taboo topic mm-hmm. for people to discuss. And it's very, it's very difficult to know, um, do, you know, do you, do you say that this is yeah. what happened? Do you not say that this is what happened? And it's something that we really have not talked about, about a lot in right. public forums and, um, on podcasts and mm-hmm. things like that, but it's a very real and a very, um, it's current a tender topic, topic mm-hmm. that's happening with people of all ages. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it's funny when my dad committed suicide, I always hated telling people that's what he did. And a lot of times, depending on who it was, especially if it was someone I had just met, mm-hmm. I would say that it was his heart. Hmm. Wow. And that made sense to me. I thought, well, I'm really not lying if I right. say that, right. you know, it kind of right. makes sense. Yeah. So I would just say it was his heart. But with Rich, um, I have no, no issue or problem with, with saying it and talking about it. Um, because apparently, um, this is something that I'm, I'm just going to have to hit head on and realize that, you know, I have to believe that this has happened in my life for God to use. Um, so I very much want to talk about it. Um, and the thing with depression is I think that there really there really is something as a chemical imbalance. Absolutely yes. Yeah. But at some point I think Christians have to recognize that there absolutely can be a demonic aspect to it. Yeah. Yeah. And to try to determine what it is yeah. before you seek medication. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. medication will only mask right. anything. Mm-hmm. It does not heal you. Right. So, you know, that could eventually make make it worse yeah. and the enemy could use that, yeah. you know, on top of everything else. Right. If you choose to just to mask, you know, well, anything. to grow that root, whatever right. that root is in that, in your spiritual life right. to grow that, you know, as yeah. it's masked. Yeah. So you think this is a topic that we should be talking about in mm-hmm. our, in our churches and in, in our groups where we, you know, we can be real and vulnerable mm-hmm. in, in protected environments. You think this is something that we need to stop being, like hush hush about Mm -hmm. absolutely because i would i would put money on it that if we were to gather 50 people from our church and if they would be 100 percent honest i bet at least half of them at least half of them have had suicidal thoughts not the kind that like they're actually ready to put a gun to their head right but moments through their life where they just feel so down Mm -hmm. and um, hopeless Mm -hmm. that they think to themselves, man, death would be welcoming right now. This is a better option. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, or everyone would be better off without me. Yes. Whatever. What we've talked about. Rich had that thought. Yes. Mm -hmm. And usually when people commit suicide, that is something that they come to terms with. And I think that helps them proceed with it is the thought that not only will I be out of my pain, but everyone else is going to be better off without me because mm-hmm. I, I caused too much trouble. Wow. So can you talk to that a little bit? Because you and I both know that his his daughters are not better off without no. him. Um, no. He had some, some illnesses, some mm-hmm. mental illnesses, but he could have been healed from those. Right. He could have gotten help from those. And now they, live, they have to live a life without their dad. Mm-hmm. 
and you are not better off without him. You miss him terribly. He's your your little brother. So what do you say to someone who might be listening right now who's struggling with that, who's had that thought? What do you say to them as someone who's left behind? Um, I would say, number one, capture the thought. Don't let it go any further and take it to someone that you trust and be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, Because here's the thing, the enemy wants to seclude you. He wants you to um, just kind of, you know, be by yourself in those thoughts Mm -hmm. because that's where they can grow and turn into something more. So the the number one thing is just go tell somebody that you love and trust and just seek help out, whether it's someone from church, whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, through a, you know, psychology or whatever you choose, but start seeking help out. And And um, if the first person doesn't listen to you, go find find someone someone else. else. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes I find that people don't know always how to react with that news or they might not be mature enough to to know what to Mm -hmm. do with that. So keep going until you find someone who will listen. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't give up because, um, you know, if if you're truly struggling with those thoughts, you can't, you know, don't just, don't just wait there. You've got to do something about it because they can definitely take hold. Yeah. That's good. Well, I know this is still very raw for you. Mm -hmm. I know you still have days where you cry a lot. Yeah. I've been crying every day Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it right now it still seems so unreal. Yeah. Um, it's still very fresh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, and it's just, and it's funny. This is, I'm going to share this real quick. This was my devotional today on my phone and the last two days, um, I've had a couple people ask how I am and I've just told them, I just feel, I just have a lot of sorrow. I feel very sad, which is okay. Yeah. But then God is so good. Mm-hmm. This was my um, devotional for today, and it was um, Isaiah 60, 19 through 20. The sun will no longer supply light for you by day, nor will the moon's brightness shine on you. The Lord will be your permanent source of light. Mm-hmm. The splendor of your God will shine upon you. Your sun will no longer set. Your moon will not disappear. Mm-hmm. The Lord will be your permanent source of light. Your time of sorrow will be over. Wow. Wow. And I just thanked him when I read that today because he's just reminding me that, you know, he is my source yes. yeah. of joy. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel the way I've been feeling. But, sure. you know, my hope is in is in the Lord. That's right. And what a promise that he, we know he's so faithful mm-hmm. that his promises are always yes and amen. Right, right. That they come true. That yeah. they're they're valid. You know, yeah. they don't have a an expiration date, yep, you know, that's good. And I, and I want to, I want you to hear too, from someone who's a very dear friend of yours. It's okay for you to have bad days. Yeah. It is okay for this to take this process, this grieving to take a long time. Like right. we don't expect you to be okay tomorrow. Right. We don't right. expect you to be okay in a week. We don't expect you to be. And when I say, okay, I mean, you know, you're going to have those days for mm-hmm. a long time mm-hmm. where it hurts really badly and and I just want you to know from your circle of friends like that's okay right yeah like we got your back we're here the Lord mm-hmm. is your source and your hope you're leaning on him you're you're pulling right. your strength from him but I think a lot of times what happens is when people around us have tragedy or they go through something really difficult we're we're in them we're with them in like the thick of it mm-hmm. right when it's when it's really 
when it's the dramatic part the dramatic part and and a lot of people are like they're drama you know like oh it's something's happening like i'm here for you i'm gonna be your friend i'm gonna be by your side and then sort of that dies down and everyone else moves on on. Mm -hmm. and you're still stuck and you're still in that not stuck but you're still grieving and you're still in that moment and and it feels like everyone else has forgotten Mm -hmm. and i just i just want people to think about that when anything tragic happens like they're still i can remember when a very dear friend of ours lost her son um in a plane crash and she just said you know every year when the anniversary would would roll around that very few people remembered Mm -hmm. but for her it was a devastating day year after year after year after year Yeah. yeah and i just think that we need to remember that that you're still in this very raw sensitive grieving time right and um we're not trying to rush you through it. Your friends are not trying to rush you through it. We're, mm-hmm. we're willing to walk that path with you and, and for other people to remember that too. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's so true what you said that, you know, the the first few weeks, you know, you have so many people around you and supporting you and praying for you, bringing you meals, all sorts right. of stuff. But yeah, totally. At this point, there's, you know, it, it does seem to be forgotten, mm-hmm. which, you know, I don't expect people to stop their lives, right. but... Um, I think that we do have to remember to continue just to ask, awesome. you know, how are you yeah. doing a text or a phone yeah. call? Yeah. Um, even, you know, do you want to get together and chat about it? Do you need to talk about it? Yes. Yeah. Um, is it healing for you to get to talk about Rich? Oh yeah. It's completely healing. Even to, even to still now talk about that night, yeah. um, because it was so heavy and tragic and just yeah. to talk through it right. helps, you know, just maybe to accept it even. Yeah. Right. So yeah, don't forget about people who have experienced a tragedy, you know, just continue to reach out to them and and ask how they're doing yeah I think people in general tend to not know what to say mm-hmm. and so they tend to say nothing right and sometimes that silence can be so loud mm-hmm. you know it can speak so much right when nothing is said yeah um, well I do I want to challenge some people and I'm not gonna name any names but I have um, a, a good amount of people that I know really well that have never said anything to me. Really? That wow. have never said, I'm so sorry. Wow. Um, nothing. Wow. And um, and they know, you know, and mm-hmm. I know that they feel bad, and I'm sure that they've probably even been praying for me, but have never approached me just to say, I'm so sorry. Wow. Um, and I don't dwell there. I'm right. not, I don't hold a grudge. I'm not bitter about that. Right. But just to challenge people who struggle with not knowing what to say, yeah. well, find something. something. Yes. Like, yes. just something I'm sorry. is better than nothing. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, Rochelle, I think that, um, I think that you have been so mature through this process. And yes, I know you're in your 40s. And when we, are past our 20s we're expected to act mature <laughs> yeah. and to be you know adults um but you have shown so much maturity in your trust in the lord yeah and in the way you have processed this and coped with this i know mm-hmm. as you know we've had some phone conversations where you have been f- both filled with complete joy mm-hmm. and so much grief right. in the same conversation mm-hmm. But I think that that's so good because mm-hmm. it shows me as your friend and Heather as your friend that you're being real with us. Right. You know, that you're not trying to suppress what you're really feeling. Because mm-hmm. um, I think it would be fairly easy for you to go just crawl in your hole and mm-hmm. not let anyone in. Because right. you've now lost your dad. You've lost your brother to the same type of death. Mm-hmm. Suicide, which is devastating. Mm-hmm. And there are really probably few people that can relate to you on a personal level of 
hey, that I've been there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think that God is going to use you to yeah. change some lives in some very dramatic ways. Yeah. You might not ever even know about. I think yeah. even this podcast, someone's going to listen. Yeah. And someone's life is going to be changed because of your bravery to share what you've walked through, to share your story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the goodness of God. Yeah. Is he yeah. does let our stories speak and reflect the love of God the Father. Mm-hmm. And I think that's who you are. Um, last night as we interviewed our good friend who lost her mom recently, one of us asked a question about um, if she feels like she's stuck in this grieving process. And she said, her mom said this, you are never stuck, you are positioned. Mm, that's good. You are positioned. And I think right now, Rochelle, you are positioned mm-hmm. to reach people that I cannot reach. Because yep. mm-hmm. I don't have the power of, hey, I've been there. Yeah. But you do. And so I think that you need to expect that God's going to put some people in your path very strategically yep. for you to reach yep. and for you to speak into and for you to love them and be Jesus in skin too. Yeah. Yeah. And to potentially change their life on earth but their eternity as well yeah. by being grace and peace and love to them. That's so good. And honestly, that's, that is my prayer. Yeah. Like that's, I, I, I tell the Lord, I'm open to whatever you have because mm-hmm. apparently it's something. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, I'm open to whatever it is. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we, we just talked about this verse a couple of days ago that we are overcomers mm-hmm. by the blood of the lamb. And I love that, that we are, we have the ability with Jesus inside of us to overcome what Satan throws at us, right. what this world dumps on us. Yeah. And um, that's what you're doing. You're overcoming. Yeah. And you're going to continue to overcome. And you're going to help other people overcome. And there's mm-hmm. going to be this mass of people that are overcomers because you were able to overcome because of Jesus. Right. And, mm-hmm. and then project, project that and disciple other people through that too. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yep. All right, girls. So this might... For some people, this might make you feel uncomfortable, but I think you're both going to be okay with this. I feel like we need to pray just right now on air for people that might be struggling mm-hmm. with thoughts of suicide, with deep depression, with thoughts that life would be better if they took their own life mm-hmm. and not reach out for help. Yeah. Um, so are you guys cool with Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Rochelle. Yeah, let's do, do this. Do you want to pray? I do. I think that I think you're supposed to pray. Yeah. Okay. And I just, before I start praying, I just want to remind everyone who's listening, um, even if you're, even if you haven't um, began a personal relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. um, I'm just going to speak the truth that those thoughts, any dark thoughts, any thoughts of harming yourself, um, those are not even yours. Not right. Okay. So you and yourself would never have that desire to murder yourself. Yeah. So, um, just, you know, let's, let's throw that out there to say that that's not even your thought. Right. It comes from an enemy. That's yeah. Right. So let's keep that in mind as I pray. Yeah. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this opportunity, um, to be able to pray on this podcast. Yes. Lord, I pray that it falls on the ears of those who need to hear it. And Lord, I pray that those particular ears would be open right now to hear this. Yes, Jesus. Lord, let these words um, sink in to their hearts and to their minds, Lord. Let them know that it's from you. God, I ask right now that if there is anyone listening that is struggling 
with thoughts of harming themselves, thoughts of suicide, thoughts that life would be better um, without them, that people would be better without them, thoughts that um, the pain is too much and that they can't handle it. Lord, I ask right now that your peace would supernaturally rest on them. Lord, I pray that your goodness and your love would literally envelop them and that they would begin to feel a relief from those thoughts and those feelings. I ask, Lord, that you would lift those out of them. I ask, Lord, that you would replace it with, um, with your truth and with your light. As Heidi said earlier, darkness cannot stay where the light is. Mm -hmm. Lord, so I ask you right now that you would show up in these people's lives and that your light would banish all of that darkness. Lord, I pray that you would give them the wisdom to know where those thoughts are coming from. Help them to speak it out even. And in the name of Jesus, I say those thoughts are going to be gone. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you're going to do in these people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thank you so much, Rochelle, for being willing to be so vulnerable and share this very tender and hard Mm -hmm. thing in life Mm -hmm. that is not easy to talk about. And um, that's such a brave and courageous thing to do, is to be willing to share your deepest grief yeah and let Mm -hmm. us see your heart in this so um thank you you're welcome thanks for the opportunity we love you so much love you too thank you for listening if you want to check out rochelle and her music find her on itunes rochelle smith so funny find her on instagram yeah if you just want to get a hold of her is that okay if they just find you on instagram and send you a direct message Mm -hmm. it's r-i-c-h-e-l-l smith yep on Instagram and I think she would be you just need someone to talk to about this shoot her a direct message and she'll she'll get back to you because mm-hmm. I'm good glad one you to said that because earlier I was actually thinking of, of putting my info out there yeah. for anyone so that... make sure you're not private on your mm-hmm. Instagram so oh, people okay. can find you and if you happen to not be able to find her reach out to us at the H&H hour on our Instagram yep and via we'll direct message you. and yep. we will get you in touch with Rochelle yeah yep. because this is a resource that could be so valuable Mm -hmm. to so many people. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. We're so glad that you did. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.